You know, in the physical world, that will be not just this planet, but the entire universe, the physical universe that you can see with your naked eyes, with the see with your eyes. They are governed, every object, every masses from the biggest planets in the universe to the smallest of particles, molecules, they're governed by this universal law, if you may, the law of physics. It's not law-law, but it's the law of physics. It's how nature works, is that they have this centrifugal force to make sure that objects act a certain way, planets spin a certain way, and your molecules of matters, you know, behave a certain way. Some of you have taken physics in university. You understand what I'm talking about. Even if you're in high school, you probably know what I'm talking about. Every physical object has these rules that sustains its life. So, for example, if you live on planet Earth, you know that if you jump off some building, there is this force called the centrifugal force, or we call it gravitational force, traveling at 9.8 meter per second square. <laughs> Sorry to be so technical. And that it will pull you down. So the further up and the bigger you are, the, 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 the more hurting you experience when you land. So it's the rule. You can't say, well, you know, like, um, you know, I, I believe in the grace of God and therefore rules doesn't apply. Or try it and you see it applies to you. Does, is God able to break those rules? He always had broken rules to manifest himself to be the God that is outside all those, those confines of rules. The rules, nonetheless, applies 99.99% of the time. If you break them, you will suffer the consequences. Are you here this morning? In the spiritual world, it works the same way. And in the scriptures you will read, there will be three three things that Jesus has shared that give us a glimpse of how the spiritual world works and understanding it, number one, and harness it, number two, will help you to grow in your spirit man and will help you to grow in your other developments, not just spiritual, but other developments in your life. So I pray this morning the Holy Spirit will, will just reveal to you and I some secrets or some truth of the spiritual world. If I were to title my sermon, I would call it the spiritual cause and effects. Spiritual cause and effects. And many of them, I'll share with you three that Jesus is speaking about in Luke chapter 6, verse 27. Let's start reading it together and let's go through it together, okay? Are you ready? All right, but I say to you, Jesus say, who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either, just give it away. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from the one who takes away your goods, do not de demand that back. Jump to verse 35. We're going to come back to 30, verse 30, but go to 35. But love your enemies, and do good, and lend, expecting what? Nothing in return, and your reward will be great. Now watch this. If you have your own Bible, you need to underline the next statement. You will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful 
and the evil. He is merciful, even as your be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. The first spiritual cause, the first spiritual cause and effect is this: that many people, and in this church, we also said it, that we are called to live like gods, sons of gods. Jesus came to earth as God to become man so that he can demonstrate to you and I to live like him as sons and daughters of God. And what does it mean? A lot of people think that being a sons of God is just being religious, going to church, be holy, observe rules. Nothing could be further from the truth. That's the deception of religion. That's the deception of organized religion. Jesus came to demonstrate one thing is this, is that you and I, by the power of the Holy Spirit, can be empowered to do the same thing he did. In fact, he promised in John that you are able to do greater things than he was doing when he was on earth. That's the promise of Jesus. Well, how do you even get there? Do you get there by observing rules? Do you get there by being religious? Do you get there by uh, being a goody-two-shoe, they say? No, you get, there to, you get there by being like the sons of God that Jesus is now demonstrating to you and I. How it is that we can be like the sons of God? Well, let's go back to 27. It's to love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. You say, well, that's really hard. Pastor, you didn't know that I was cheated by this brother so-and-so and that sister so-and-so. Pastor, you didn't know that that person had harmed my family. You didn't know that, that my father had, had mis, mis, mistreated me when I was young. You, you didn't know that, that my parents left me. You didn't know that I was left as an orphan. You didn't know that my boss was so totally unfair to me. You didn't know that I was severely harmed. I may even be assaulted. You didn't know all the pain that, that this person had inflicted on me. How could you say, love my enemies? No way but I will challenge you this morning that don't do it with your own strength don't do it with your own ability do it with humility and say I can't do it you ought to say God it's too hard I do want to live like you as your sons, as your daughters on this planet, to fulfill my destiny, to manifest your glory, to pray for the sick so that they can be healed, to walk in your ways, to show your purpose to the lost world that we're living in. I, I do want that, but God is too hard. Well, if, it's, if you can do it, I heard a preacher once says, then it's not really something that you should strive for. If you can do it, then it's not really a supernatural demand from the Lord. It's like having a goal. If, you're, if you can achieve your own goal, if you set a goal, we talked about goals and pathway last week. If you can achieve your own goal, then it's not a God's goal. Because God usually gives us goals that we can't achieve so that He can achieve it for us. So big, so ridiculous that he could achieve for us. It's the same thing in every discipline, spiritual discipline in life. You know, other religions say you need to, you know, have a discipline this, discipline that, and disciplines are good. But in our faith is that we always rely on the grace of God. We always rely on the power of God. We always rely on his supernatural Holy Spirit to enable us to do the impossible. Of course, it's hard to forgive and even love 
love your enemies. Of course it's difficult. I know it because I have many enemies myself. I've experienced hurt myself. I've been betrayed many a times. I know what you're saying. I know what you're going through. But child of God, he wants you to live like him. And so live like him, but surrender and yield to his power and say, God, you know, my father, I can't forgive him. My mother, I can't forgive him. Uh, my, my boss, I really can't forgive him. In fact, my former boss that fired me, oh, I can never forgive him. Or oh, those people who stab me at the back. Yes, say it to the Lord, but say this also. God, I need you. I need you to help me to obey your word, to love my enemies, the people who betrayed me. And help me to do good to those who hate me. Never mind about disliking me. That I be kind, I be good. That in my prayer, instead of uttering curse against them, secretly wishing some accident may happen to them, I ask you to bless them. I ask you to bless their children and their children's children. Live like God. Pray for those who abuse you. You know, in our society these days, they say that a lot of us, in fact, I even heard a really scary statistic. I don't know how accurate, maybe my memory is incorrect. There's over 70% of the men in the city has been in some, in some way been abused. 70. That's huge. Now, the definition of abuse, I don't know what that means, but, but if you take it on face value, it tells me that most of us have had a hard time. Most of us have had to go through some tough things, been betrayed, been hurt and abused. But you know what the Bible says? We need to pray for them. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, Offer the other also. And from the one who takes your cloak. How many of you have cheated before? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's good for you. That's an honest one. I've been cheated many a times. I feel indignant. I feel mad. I, want to, I don't want to get even. That's on human nature. That's fine. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to feel like you make you feel condemned. But try this this week. If you've been cheated, you've been, you've been, you've been, there's some spare change has been stolen from you. You know, somebody had stolen your money. And you know, the Word of God says, give to those who takes from you by force. It is impossible to do. But friends, I ask you, I encourage you to live like God. That's what we need to do. We can't do it. We need His grace. We need His ability. You should go down to your note journals and see who had wronged you. I've done this before at one point in my life. You know, I've gone through all the people that have wronged me. I remember one time, uh, some of you have been around at the time, some 15 years ago, we had a church retreat. 
And uh, I invited one of my close friends. He, was, he is an amazing teacher, still amazing teacher, pastor a, a, a size that almost similar as his church and, and in the West End. And, you know, I've known him for a long time. I always admire the way he, he's able to preach. And, and so I invited him. I said, why don't you be a guest speaker for our church retreat? And um, at the time, our church was about 100 people, you know, so it was less than that. So it was easy to organize. Now it's a bit harder. And so he came, and he preached a good preach, enjoy his, 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 uh, his sermon. Then I found out that he was speaking to one of the folks in our church, and, and he, you know, he, uh, and, uh, he was, he was kind of saying, you know, you should come to help us, you know, we, we need your help, you know, and, and uh, you know, your skill set is so important. And at the time, I did not know how Jesus built his church. You see, we always, as pastors, always think we built the church. No, I built nothing. It is Jesus who built his church. And how does he build his church? With living stones. You are all the living stones. And sometimes a certain living stone that has different color than this side of the wall. It will look ugly that the living stone gets stuck here. So sometimes God has to take a stone from this wall and move it to another wall. Are you here? And we're trying to hang on to those stones. And that we, our wall becomes ugly. Are you here? There's time and season that people need to go. You just got to let them go and bless them on their way out. Because the easier you release them, the more God is going to bless you in everything. Finance, people, whatever. Come on, can I hear an amen? Right? So, you know, I felt betrayed. I said, this so-called man of God, it's just, he's stabbing me at the back. So I called him up. Actually, I first write him a nasty email. I say, what, you think I'm being nice means that I'm stupid? Do I look stupid? I, I literally say that. And I say, I did not come that far, that far to be an idiot. You know, something like that. I say, how dare you, brother, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so he got the email. Immediately he called me. He said, you can't do this. I said, I don't want you to come back to this church anymore. And so we're just going at it, you know. He said, I want to speak to your leader. I said, audacity. You don't have the right to ask for nothing. So anyways... <laughs> Shandai, you're right? I was a young preacher, right? Hey, Amen. Aren't you glad God's grace is oh so great for me? Hallelujah. <laughs> so I found that my, my ministry was stuck. I was stuck. So, you know, and I was so mad at this brother. I said, man, he, he didn't even he didn't apologize. He should be apologizing to me. So uh, a couple of years passed by. I was praying to the Lord, going through the list of all the people that wronged me. And um, yes, I did keep those lists up to that point. In fact, still have it in my journal. Oh, glory to God. Maybe I should burn those journals. <laughs> Ooh, I shouldn't tell you that. Maybe you'll be looking for it. I'll make sure I burn them all before I die so that you don't go look for it and say, Ooh, look at him. What a sinner, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but anyways, I, I, was, um, I was going to, and the Holy Spirit says, you need to start, ask for forgiveness and start to forgive those of you that offended you. So anyways, I, you know, I, I know I offended many people. I tell you, like I, I have a character 
that, that just easily offend. I say things that really easily offend people. You know, like, you know, I just, I just can't, I couldn't, at least I'm better now, I'm more mature, you know. I got the white hair to show, actually you can't see it because they all die, glory to God, it's beautiful, I look handsome. But I used to, I used to, I used to, I used to speak my mind, they say, you know. You know, you know just, just speak my mind and just let it go. And, and so I've heard a lot of people, I, I know that. And so the Holy Spirit says, I want you to now contact each and every one of them and ask for forgiveness. You see, at the time, our ministry was not able to progress. I pray for people, they don't get healed. I cast the demon out, demon look back at me and laugh, right? Something like that, right? So it's just, it's just not working, you know. So I said, God, what do I do? So the Holy Spirit began to reveal to me, this truth is one of them. You got to love your enemies. So I called this pastor up. And because I think he was one of the first ones because I really went after him. I was like full throttle. And, um, and he's still one of the best preachers in town. I don't want to tell you that because I don't want you to go to this church. Right? I'm just joking. 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 But he, I still love him. And he's, you know, anyway, so I call him up. I say, brother. I just want you to forgive me. I, I felt betrayed. I felt, but I want you to forgive me. Would you please forgive me? He said, of course I've forgiven you already on that day when you're like yelling at me. <laughs> but I thought to myself, you forgive me? I said, oh, I should be forgiving you. What are you talking about? <laughs> but praise the Lord, I stepped back. I said, Jesus... I want to be like your son. I will lay down. I say, thank you so much. I, I thank you so much. And I, I, just, I just want to worship the Lord with you. And, and, and you know, um, but I, I still don't think I'm going to invite him back. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Listen, forgiving people doesn't mean you need to trust them again. Trust is earned. If you're in an abusing, abusive relationship, you forgive, but doesn't give them the right to, to, to demand trust from you. They don't have the right to demand trust from you. I have to earn it. Love your enemies, verse 35. Do good and lend and lend, expecting nothing in return. In fact, the Bible says if you lend to the poor, if you give to the poor, excuse me, you're actually lending to the Lord. And you'll be sons, not even like, but you will be sons of the Most High. For He's kind to the ungrateful and evil. Are you able to be kind to the ungrateful and the evil? There may be some politicians we don't like these days, depending on what stripes you stand for. But we pray for... <laughs> I love this. Come on, man. I need more people respond back to me. Talk back to me. Shandai, Sister Mavis. Glory to God. You know? <laughs> I love talking back. It's awesome. Some of you sitting up there, man. You need to talk back too. Hallelujah. 
But whatever you believe, if you're offended by what they say, what they're doing, that's fine. You don't have to agree with them, but you pray for their well-being. You bless them. Listen, man, even for the selfish reason, you need to pray for the leaders of the world because whatever decision they make will impact you and will impact your family. You may not even like our government today because of whatever they stand for. And, and by the way, you need this summer camp thing. I told my staff we need to begin to expect nothing in return, nothing from them. Because we have to stand for the truth. I mean, besides that, think about it, right? We haven't even get put into jail yet. This is easy peasy stuff. Come on, <laughs> praise the Lord. But however you disagree with your government or other governments, you know, south of the border, you pray for God's blessing upon them. You pray for wisdom over their lives. You pray for blessing over their children. That shows that you are sons and daughters of God. Pray for them. Bless them. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Back to verse 31. As you wish that others would do to you, do to them. Verse 37, this is what he means. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. Now, let's just explore this. I know I have how many minutes? Uh, five minutes left. But let's see how far we go, and then we can do part two. Yes? Amen? So, Jesus said, you do unto others what you want them to do to you. I'm paraphrasing. Do you like people to be nice to you? Who wants... Okay, oh, three people want to... What? The rest of you, what? You want people to slap you around? Is that the deal? Come on, talk back to me, man. Talk back to me. Do you want people to be nice to you? Well, be nice to people. Thank you very much. So at the end of the service, you see people standing around not talking to people. You go and talk to them. Don't wait for people, you know, there's not such an unfriendly church. Oh, hello. You be nice to people. You be kind to them. Be like Jesus. Buy them lunch. Come on, man. Yeah, buy, buy me lunch, for goodness sake. <laughs> be nice to those who are nice to you. Now, Verse 37, judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven of you. Watch this. We're living in a society and a time where uh, many people are starting to realize organized religion, which we are not, um, it's, it's a place where people feel very condemned and judged. And a lot of people have rejected organized religion is because we have a habit of sizing people up. We may not even be saying anything, but our face, they show. 
And it's a human nature to size people up. If you don't believe me, you know, ask yourself, what do you usually ask people when the first time you meet them after talking the weather and so forth? What, what do you do? I almost always want to say, what does it matter? You see, the reason we ask why, what people do is we want to size them up of their social ranking. If the person says, I'm the CEO of TD Bank, then you would step two back, two step back and say, Shaka, hello, sir. <laughs> if the guy says, I'm unemployed, <laughs> inside here, whatever, I don't want to talk to you. See, because we are so easily judging other people that we, we, it's become a second nature. And so when we become a believer, we do the same thing. You know, when you judge people, it prevents you from growth. You know, one of the things that I love about new believers that just been born again, just love Jesus, because they just came from such a struggling background and they experienced such a great grace of God. They don't judge anybody. And that's when they grow the fastest. This absorbing and growing like you don't know. But after they become a Christian a while, they have some standard. And people walk in, they start to have opinions about people. We Christians, we, 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 we take on this judging other people attitude into our faith. And so we have an opinion of people when they walk in. May I suggest in this house, I don't, know, I don't care what you do outside. You know, I don't care what you do in another church you go to, you know. If you go to another church, it's okay, right? Although I will ask why. But anyway, so, you know, you go to us, it's fine, right? But, you know, if you come into this house, would, would, would we practice not judging? Can we practice that? In fact, come on. Can we practice to, to look at people through the lens of the grace of God? Amen. That they are precious. They are capable. They have the potential of the world that God had vested in them. In fact, I would suggest that let's take one step further. Not only do we not judge and condemn, we become the tools and the vessels to discover the potential and unleash the potential of the individuals that we meet. You know, someone say, how do you do that? It's very simple. Number one, be observant of the positive things in people's life and then comment on it. It doesn't hurt to say, you know, I notice you're pretty smart. Especially when you talk to me, you can say, oh, you know, I notice you're really handsome. You know, that helps. That unleash handsomeness in me. I'm just joking, right? I'm just trying to make a point here. Is that compliment often opens people up. Judging often causes people to close up. When you can compliment someone, whatever little thing it is, be sincere, by the way, because, you know, people can smell it, right? If you come to me and say, oh, you're so handsome, I know you're not sincere because you just heard me say this. 
But you give me a surprise compliment, then yeah, I know it's, it's true. But you know, compliment opens people up. Judgment and condemnation would close people down. I want to encourage you to become the tools and the vessels that God can use to open people up. There are other things they need to work on, and they have to work on. So do you. So do I. I have to work on things in my life. There are things that I need, still need to deal with. Ask my wife how I talk to her sometimes when I'm frustrated. <laughs> but, you know, we, have, we need to compliment and lift up others. And then you will not be judged. You will not be condemned. If you're one of those individuals that cannot seem to forgive yourself of the errors of your past, perhaps check, see if you are the ones that like to size people up, criticize them, have an opinion about them, and judge them. Because the more opinion you have on others, the greater that oppression of judgment is on you. Because Jesus promised you this. If you condemn not, you will not be condemned. If you judge not, you will not be judged. If you forgive, then you'll be forgiven. Forgiveness is great. You know, Jesus, when he was giving his last statements after he was resurre his resurrection, he said this some powerful truth. To his disciples, he said, Whosoever you forgive, it will be forgiven of them. Wow. Do you know sometimes many believers walk into this place who had stumbled on many times? They need people who understand the goodness and the grace of God to tell them, Hey, listen, man. You are forgiven. Don't worry about it. Don't even talk about it. It's all gone. Stand back up. Look forward. Fight another battle. Fight that good fight of faith. You're going to win it. You're going to be a winner. Don't worry. Rise up. We need to be agents. Because God had forgiven them. We just need to declare that over their lives. Cause and effects. If you feel condemned, you feel judged. Don't condemn. Don't judge. Don't size people up. Would you please stand with me this morning? We'll continue next week, part two. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We pray this week that you give us the bonus and the opportunity to do good to those who have hurt us, betrayed us, abused us, wronged us, offended us. That we'll forgive those who say things that had hurt us. Even pastors who say things that have hurt us on the pulpit. That we choose to forgive. But not only are we, do we choose to forgive, we choose to bless those who had hurt us. Because we know 
we are sons and daughters of God through the blood of Jesus, through the adoption by the Father, adopting us into His family. So we want to act like what we are, sons and daughters of God. That we would do good to those who had hurt us. If people had looked us down, if our family had looked us down, if our in-laws have looked us down, if people have despised us, say things bad about us that we have heard about, we choose to bless them this week. We choose to declare your blessings over their lives. We choose to forgive. And Lord, may we make a commitment from this day onward, never to size people up, never to judge them or condemn them, but to forgive, to declare forgiveness over their lives and bless them. I thank you for your word this morning. If you can look up here a little bit, one more thing I want to say. You know, Jesus, when he was on earth, he never judged and condemned anyone. He did scold a lot of religious people. But he didn't stop there. You know, look at, you look at the prostitutes that came, the Pharisees, all they wanted to do was judge and condemn. And Jesus said, he who had no sin can cast the first stone. And of course, one by one, they took off. And then Jesus turned around and looked at that prostitute. She's, he asked, has no man condemned you? And she said, no, Lord. No man had condemned me. And Jesus then said, neither will I. He didn't stop there. I'm not asking you to just stop not condemning people. It is our job then to say, go and sin no more. See, what Jesus was doing is he never judged anybody who condemned people, but he never failed to point them the right way. We have to do that. That's what I do. I don't judge. I don't condemn. But whatever I say sometimes is to point people the way. Hey, listen, you want to consider this. Hey, listen, the Word of God says this. Because He loves us so much to leave us the way we are. He wants us to change for the better, for the more glorious existence. And so don't judge. If you want to do good to anybody, don't judge. Don't condemn if you need to say something, say with the love of God, with the grace of God. Jesus was never harsh on anyone. Harshness is human nature. God is not that way. You remember that, that the woman with seven partners, you know, Jesus never condemned him once. But because of the grace that was on her, she received the grace. Man, she became the best evangelist. Get the whole town to come out to see Jesus. Wow. When a person is transformed and changed by the power of God, you don't even have to say anything. But it's not to say that you can't point people the right way. 